Welcome to the Dag Hewitt Mills podcast. Dag Hewitt Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Hewitt Mills. Hallelujah, church. I thought somebody would be standing. I thought somebody would be clapping. I thought somebody would be jumping. Because this evening, I said this evening, is our daddy's birthday. We are so blessed. We are so privileged. We are so honored to have our daddy with us on his birthday you know who you spend your birthday with really matters that's why on your last birthday not everybody on your row was with you because not everybody was special enough to spend the birthday with you but tonight I said but tonight our daddy has seen that we are worth spending his birthday with and we are so excited and we are so blessed and we are so happy You know, Paul wrote something very powerful in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. He said, though you have many instructors in Christ, yet you have not many fathers. And um, Daddy wrote in his book, Fathers and Loyalty, that the gift of a father is a rare gift. And that you will have many teachers and people that will have an input into your life. But the input of a father is comprehensive. And as we are here, blessed children of the First Love Church, I don't think there's any area of our lives that our daddy has not spoken about from our schoolwork to ministry to relationships to marriage to finances. We are blessed to experience the rare gift of a father. And this evening, we want to say, Daddy, we appreciate you. We love you. As a campus dream, we are excited that you have come to spend the evening with us. And we want to sing the song that we all love before daddy comes up to preach because we know that every time you hold the mic, nothing is impossible. So let's give a shout, give a praise, lift your hands as we sing the song. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Lift your hands if you mean it. Oh! 
blessing. Hallelujah. All right. Let us pray. Father, which art in heaven, thank you for today and your great blessing that you give to us this evening in church. We are grateful. We are thankful. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. You may be seated. Wow. Well, I'm excited to be with you. It's my birthday, as you know, and I decided to come here rather than stay at home, so I'm here. What a blessing. Please be seated. Thank you. Happy birthday to me. I receive it. Tonight, I want to just share with you a short message from the Bible, John 3.17. John 3.17. All right. It says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. Amen. You know John 3.16 God so loved the world that he, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know that one. But the 17 is not as popular, but it's also important. It says that God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So, you see, from the time that God created the world, right, um, there have been human beings on the on the earth, and the earth is gradually being destroyed. It's going to be destroyed completely, eventually. And the people that he put in the world that he made, right, um, are not thinking about God who made them. You see, and um, man was not, we were not originally designed to bear the burden of knowing what is good and what is evil. It's too much for us to bear. You know, it's too much for a human being to carry the burden of knowing 
right and wrong or good and evil. God never intended for Adam and Eve to eat that tree and suddenly know good and evil. And since we did, man is confused always as to what is good and what is evil. Because it's, it's, it's knowledge you are not expected to bear. It's too difficult. And so that's why you see the human race looks confused. If you take, let's give a, just a quick example in our war with Russia and Ukraine. You have America given, uh, apart from the aid that they've given, they recently gave $33 billion of military I mean, that's bombs, bullets, airplanes, drones, 33 billion. And then, after that, they've voted another 40 billion dollars. Now, if you look at, if we, if as a nation, let's say, uh, we asked for even 10 million dollars, do you see, or $100 million to make our railway or to build some toilets somewhere or something, it will never be given. Do you see, but what is right, what is right for the government of America, the people, is right is to give billions to fight and billions of bullets guns, shooters, planes, to kill more people and to fight more things. You get what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that uh, our idea of what is right and what is wrong is what is eventually leading to the cataclysmic conclusion of this world where (laughs) okay, okay, okay. It is amazing. So you and I were not designed to bear the burden of knowing what is good and what is evil. And as soon as we take that upon ourselves and decide to live without God, and just whatever we know is good and what is evil, we will do it. We become confused and our lives become bizarre. So what is right and what is wrong is what God says is right. That's what is right. And what is wrong is what God says is wrong. That's all. But not what you think. Because if we follow what you think, there's what I think, what you think, what they think, what everybody thinks. Until there's total confusion and chaos in the world. And um, there's no hope. So, when man decided to now know what is good and evil, God said, okay, you can do what you want to do. You can have what you want to have. Try whatever you want to try. And God gave them up and punished man with a condition called death. All right? And since then, as a, as a race, as a group of humans, we have gone further and further and further and further away 
from God, doing all kinds of things that our minds tell us that is okay, this is all right, this is good, this is bad, this is good, this is bad. Until now, currently, we have even deciding a woman is not a woman, a man is not a man, and that even the, that the sexes have different, we have different types of people. I mean, anything that we want, we are being allowed to do it. And I'm sure soon there will be laws about allowing you to marry animals, to have animals, cats, dogs, goats. You have a good husband, good wife, everything. There will be, because it's all allowed. So that, I'm trying to explain that the burden of knowing and deciding what is good and evil, I'm telling you, you were not born to carry such a burden. It's better to put your mind at rest and trust God. That's what the Bible says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Like all your heart. Not part of your heart. Give him your heart and trust in God. And trust in his word. Because I tell you, you were not designed to carry the weight of the knowledge of good and evil. So that's why the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. In Isaiah 47, we see an interesting uh, passage. Isaiah 48. It says, that says the Lord in verse 17, the Lord thy redeemer. I am the Lord God. I am God. You see, I am the Lord God which teacheth thee. So God is the one who teaches you. If you put God outside your life, you have nobody to teach you. You'll be left to be taught by people on television to be taught by psychologists, to be taught by counselors, to be taught by secular people, ideas, philosophers. You know, not everybody is a philosopher. There are people who think a lot and have ideas, various ideas. And those people are what we call philosophy. Philosophy is philosophy. Sophie is wisdom and philo is love. They love wisdom and they love thinking. So, People who love thinking and think a lot, you know, they, they, they come up with theories and ideas and things. So, we have various ideas about things, how life is, how things should be, and so on and so forth. So, but God says, I, I am the one. Don't put me aside. I am the one, the Lord, who teaches you to profit and which leads you by the way that you should go. On your short life, by the way that you should go. The way how your life should be and how your life should go. God is the one who will lead you. So you have to really get to know God. And it's, it's either you allow God to lead you or your own ideas of what is right and what is wrong to lead you. Feel free. These are the two choices everybody has. And I have chosen... To let God choose what is good and what is a good thing. 
You see, what God may say is a good thing may not look like a good thing to you. And that is why God invites you to trust him to be the one who will teach you how to live, how to marry, how to have a beloved. That's why in the, in the church, we have song for everything. We have a song for everything. We have teachings about everything that is in this world, in this life, and including heaven. Because God teaches you about everything. There's not even one thing he doesn't teach you about. Then verse 18 says, Oh! You see, the first word is, ooh. Uh-huh. That thou hast hearkened to my commandments. He said, if only you had listened to my commandments. You know, then had thy peace been as a river. Your, your life, the amount of peace in your life would have been like a river. What is a river like? One thing about a river is that every time you put your finger into the river, it's never the same water. It's always the next water because it's always moving. You never touch the same water twice. So your peace would have been like a river. That means that a new kind of peace is always coming to you all the time. Your peace would have been like a river. And your righteousness would have been as the waves of the sea. Uh, You go and stand by the sea and see the waves never ending. You know? I feel there's so much energy in the sea. I always wondered why the sea is not used to generate electricity. Because it's so strong. If you don't know how to swim, I would advise you to go into the water. And even if you know how to swim, you have to advise yourself on the part of the sea to go into. Because it is strong. And uh, places where a lot of people have drowned, like one time I was in Gambia um, at a hotel. Um, we just went for lunch there, but outside there was the sea. And they put a sign there. And they said, red, no swimming. Then I think uh, green or yellow, strong swimmers only. And then green, you can swim. Normal swimmers can. Oh, Yes. It's like there's even a place for strong swimmers. It's very strong and continuous energy. And God is saying that if you had hearkened to my voice, uh, your peace would have been peaceful. Without Christ, you, your, your life will be a combative life. You'll be at war all the time. You'll be at war with your spouse when you marry. You'll be at war with everything and everywhere. You'll be fighting something all the time. You'll never be peaceful. Oh, what a blessing it is to have a peaceful person. Yes. Receive peace from God. You cannot be peaceful unless you listen to God. So God says, oh, I wish you had listened to me. If you had listened to me, your peace would have been like the waves of the sea. Then verse 19. It says, your seed would have been like the sand. Your seed would have been like the sand. And the offspring of thy bowels, like the gravel thereof. And his name should not have been cut off, nor destroyed from before me. Alright? That is a prophecy for your children. 
children will be like the sun. These days, people have only two children, but if you were to follow the Lord, you'll be having children like sand. Now, verse 21. And they tested not when he led them through the desert. As for the deserts, they are in this world. Dry times. We are entering into a dry time financially in the world. Prices are going up everywhere. Not only in Ghana. All over the world, prices are going up. All right. There's feedback on stage, please. All right. So prices are going up and things are difficult. Very difficult. But he says they tested not. They tested not when he led them through the wilderness. Amen. And through the desert. So I'm just saying all that I have said to start a little message to say to you that. God did not send his son to condemn the world. Amen. God did not. When God is trying to reach you, he doesn't condemn you. Yes. Even though you've gone away from him. You see, when you go away from God, you do many strange things. How many realize that you did a lot of strange things that your parents didn't even know you were doing. Raise your hand if you realize that you did a lot of strange things that your parents didn't even know. Okay? But you see, it is amazing that God who hates sin still loves you as a sinner. It's amazing. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Beautiful. Now, Romans chapter 5 and verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. You see, when you go far from God, and far from your parents. You, you gradually lose your strength. Your strength gets smaller. So that's why the Bible says, when we were without strength, you gradually become weaker in life. Everything about you gets lower and lower. You see? Yes. If you yield yourself to one boy, you may yield yourself to the second and to the third until you are a school mattress. And you have no more strength to say no. True or not true? But it's amazing. That it is while you are without strength that God is now looking for you when you don't have strength. Always remember God 
did not send his son to condemn you. Try to get it into your soul. God is not condemning. It's when you are dead that it's over. Till then, you are not condemned. Yeah. You are not condemned at all. Try to get it into your rocker. Because if you don't, you don't have the ability to repent. And everybody must have the ability to repent. Because everybody here has the ability to sin. Everyone here has the ability to be bad, really bad. And some of you have proved it already over and over again. What, what you must realize that even when you are a Christian, you can still be bad, bad. God, when you are without strength and weak, how many have seen before and you realize that, Charlie, now they're, now, now they're, I mean, like, I'm now, I'm now, I'm now low. Beautiful. Now, verse 7. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Really, you would not want to die for a bad person. So why should I die for you? I'll not die for a foolish death. That's what you say. Why should I die for you? I will not die a foolish death. Yet, peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. Someone may say, I love you so much, I'll die for you. Yeah, I'll die for you. Others will say, oh, I shouldn't die a foolish death. I will not die for you. <laughs> but verse 8 is the famous verse. I remember one very bad man. His wife was listening to radio and Billy Graham was preaching. This is what he was, Billy Graham was preaching. This is verse 8. God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And God recommended his love. You know, we have different types of love, but God, God says, look, I want you to see how my love is. My love is wild. My love is wild. Oh, yes. My love is wild. It's a wild love. I remember watching it was like a, doc- a documentary because it's a true story of a lady who was a prostitute and I mean, when you see the consultant room you think it's a, it's a clinic different types of men with beards with with stomachs everything all lined up waiting to go into her room yes young girl that was her work and Day after day, she was working as a prostitute. 30 minutes, this is the amount. One hour, this is the amount. These are what can be done. They have some rules. A sample. But then one client came. And the client said, I, I, I love you. It's a true story. And said, I want to marry you. Yeah. And you know what she said? She said, no. How can you marry me? I'm useless. I'm here. 
And he said, no. And he came back again the next day and killed, waited for everybody to go in, come out, go in, come out, go in, come out, till it was his turn. And when it was his turn and he went in, she got ready to do her work. And she said, no, 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 that's not why I'm here. I, I'm here because I love you. It's a true story. It's a true story. Yeah. I'm not here for this. I'm here because I love you. And she said no. She resisted him for some time. It was later that she believed. You see, when we are sinful, we believe that God is here to condemn us. What I'm trying to say is that sin does something else apart from the sin. It makes you afraid of God. And it makes you feel that God only wants to condemn you. But God is saying that you look at the way my love is. It's whilst I'm in the queue. Whilst I'm in the queue for my turn. And everybody is going in, touching me. They come out, tightening their belts, tucking in their shirts. After having used you, I wait patiently for 11 people to go then it is my turn because in the film, in the documentary you see the people queuing. That, that was I always remember the picture of the people in the corridor because they sit down like they are going to the clinic, like chair after chair like this, like I was sitting in church. Different types of people. Some have bath, some having bath. <laughs> oh yes. And here, come, going and coming. And then each time you go, then you move nearer the, the door. They move nearer, the, then the people come after. Oh, yes. But when he went in, I'm not here for anything. She started to do whatever and so on. No, 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 no. I'm here because I love So he sat down with her and talked with her. He said, I love you. I love you. You see, this is what we call recommendation of love. God commended his love. Look at my love for you. Yeah. So that's the meaning of John 3.17 that while God, God uh, John 3.17 that God did not send his son to join the queue of prostitutes seekers to have sex with the prostitute but rather to inform the prostitute that he loves her. And the prostitute is, a lot of the prostitutes don't believe it. It's like, how can you believe this? Oh, yes. How can you believe it? And that's the greatest message that I want to give to you today. That, you know, the Father, God the Father, there is no Father, no matter what the Son is or does, who, if it's a Father, doesn't still love his child. Yes. So, when the prodigal son went away and was coming back, the prodigal son who has made the father's money divide into two. Huh? You know when the prodigal son was going, he took half of the father's money. <laughs> Some children are wild. Yeah. He took the father's money half. 
and went and spent all on girls. Yeah. If you read the Bible, he says, this your son who has spent this on uh, harlots and whatever. What does he say? Yeah. Luke 15. A son who has wasted your money on prostitutes and what have you and has come. Yeah. As soon as this thy son was come, which has devoured thy living with harlots. But that, that, those things didn't matter to the father. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand that a father's lover, you may have spent all his money and so he was a prostitute. And so the son is very conscious of the prostitute and all those things, but the father is not very conscious of it. Yeah. You know, Absalom, when he died, David was weeping. This is the son who attacked him. His son attacked him, organized an army. He organized an army to attack David, to kill David. And actually got the best plan to kill his father. But when Absalom was rather captured and stoned and killed, he wept so much that, you know, it almost became funny. People were saying that this this guy is the one who has caused all this coup d'etat and all these things. Not heard of such a thing before. But David was still mourning. Let's think about our father's heart so right and true. He's, He's never given up, given up on me or you. Let's think about our love. Yes. If you, if you get the song, you put it up. So, if you think about the father's heart, the father's heart, the things you are doing are not putting him off. And I don't know why. How many would agree with me that the things you've done should put off an average person? And your parents don't know half of it and I don't know whether they can tolerate it. But it doesn't seem to put him off. Is it not amazing? That's why when you come to the house of God and you finally change your mind, it's as if you are wanted. How many realize that it's as if you are wanted and you've always been wanted? That's the Father's love. Now, it's amazing. The person who's been sent by God, as he's coming and you hear that he's coming, you start running away. Hey, hey, bye, hey, bye, hey. Run away. No, so, God sent not his son to condemn, but you've sent a message round. Hey, bye, hey, bye, hey. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. <laughs> Run away. He's coming. He doesn't like you at all. That's not true. That's not true. It doesn't put him off. But the son was very conscious of it. You know, when you are very conscious of something, you'll be put off by the things. Very proud of that. Your son, what, what did he say? Your harlot. Yes. Even the father didn't have those details, but the boy brought it up. Because brothers and sisters know details which parents don't know. <laughs> true or not true? 
brothers and sisters know details of things which parents do not know. Oh, yes. So the prodigal son's brother knew the details of what his brother was doing. And that was what was on his mind. So when he saw his brother, he said, Halot man! Halot man! You've come, eh? <laughs> Where are the halots? You are in the queue. Where are the halots? Where are those girls? But the father rather was finding a ring a ring and clothes and doing a party. Let's think about our father's heart. So right and true. Let's think about our father's heart. So right and So today, as always in your life, see your father. Pray that your father will be alive by the time you repent. Because if he's left with just brothers, you're not going to go far. Brothers will say, Halot man, go outside. To the back. To the side. Away, somewhere. Be outside. Go to the children's room. Don't, you, you don't belong here. <laughs> How many are glad about the father's heart? Yeah. So Charlie, when God sends his son to you, or when God sends his servant, don't run away. Don't be bored with him. Don't say, hey, bye, hey, bye. He's coming, oh, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming for what? He's coming because he loves you. Yes. Don't, don't let your, don't let, you see, sin has many, many effects. Let's say alcohol, alcoholism, and I mean, other sins that we are involved with. And so, they have various effects, but the, perhaps the worst effect is that it can make you never repent and never yield to love, God's love. Yes, you never change because you don't believe that you will ever be accepted. That's why it's difficult to marry somebody with a complex. If you marry somebody with a complex, you say, I love you, baby. You say, are you sure? So, darling, I really love you. Mm. You say, darling, do you love me? What is love? That will be your question. What is love? What do you mean by love? You have to explain. Oh, love means, okay, I think about you. Sometimes in the morning I think about you and I think about you in the evening and after. Then you explain, oh, no, well, if that is love, I don't think about you in the morning and after. It is only on Sunday that I think about you. So then I don't love you. 
and he'll say, I love you, darling. I want to marry me. Oh, are you sure you want to marry me? What about Rosemary? Why are you talking about Rosemary? Because she was your friend. I saw you talking to her last time. I haven't spoken to Rosemary for a long time. What about Lucy? What about your former beloved? I hear you are a womanizer. My mother told me don't marry a handsome man who a lot of girls like. You'll never be happy. Hey! Very difficult to love. That is the effect of sin. Sin destroys your soul. And perhaps the worst effect is that you can't receive life. When the father sends his son, you run from the son. When the father sends his love to come for you and take you, you say, no, they want to kill me. When they say, I love you, you say, are you sure? You don't love me. You said this, you said this, you said this. Yeah. So, it's time for us to yield ourselves to the love of God and say, Lord, I accept your love. And when God says, I want to use you, instead of saying, me, why would you want to use me? If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Me too. So get rid of your complex. One of the things that sin does is gives you a complex. Gives you a complex. You become a person with a complex. A complex, Charlie, don't marry anybody. Anybody who says, I love you, and the person says, mm, are you sure? Don't marry the person. Me, I'm telling you, don't marry the person. You are forcing yourself to be in trouble. Don't marry the person. <laughs> I'm giving you free marriage advice. Free. You don't have to give any offering for that. Anybody are you marry the person, the person is mentioning other names or mentioning other people. And, uh, Charlie, drop like a handkerchief. Say, hey, I'll buy a new handkerchief. I beg you. Jesus, you can go for some other savior, but Jesus is stretching out his hand like this and he says, come. You know, one of the commonest words in the Bible is come. Come. God is always calling, come. Come or come to me. You can go and check after church. Come. Come unto me. Come. Come to me. It's the, one of the hundreds of times it's mentioned. Come. Come ye. Come. Come all ye. God is always trying to pull you near. And you are always saying, I don't like myself. I don't want myself. I don't want. Don't hold me. I'm not your type. Don't hold me. I'm not your type. I'm not that type. No, 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 no. You can't love me. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not beautiful. I know I'm not beautiful. All the time you say I'm beautiful, but me and myself know that I'm not beautiful. When I look in the mirror, I say I'm not beautiful. Hey. As your nearest neighbor, you so complex, you can and you cannot be loved in this world. (sighs) 
Amen. Stand to your feet, everybody. John 3 and verse 17. Don't forget this simple verse. Don't forget this simple verse. Is it beautiful? God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Yes, beautiful. Don't forget that. You know, God will God is not that God is not condemning you at all. And it's amazing, but I mean the son will condemn you. He will say, Hallot man and those, but God is not condemning you. That's why your duty is to say yes. When God sent his son to join the queue with the prostitute guys, and it is his turn, and he enters the room and he says, Oh, I'm not here for that. I'm here to tell you that I love you so much and I want to take you from this place. Wow. Wow. But I was amazed in that movie that she said no. Yeah, unbelievable. She said no. Later she said yes. How many are going to yield yourself to God's love and follow him? Is he a good God? Is he a kind God? Is he a nice God? Is he a loving God? Is he worth following? Is he better to follow than to follow anything else? What a blessing. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, thank you for tonight. Your mighty power that is flowing in this place for salvation. Thank you for continually calling us. Calling for us. Thank you that you sent not your son to the world to condemn anybody. Thank you for the father's heart. Never giving up. Never giving up on any of us. We love you. And we thank you for your great blessing that is at work in our lives today. Put your hand on your heart and be free and be healed right now in the name of Jesus. For anything that gives you a complex, any sin that makes you abnormal and unable to be loved and unable to receive love in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, thank you for healing us of all the complex conditions that are created in us because of our sins. We receive healing. We receive a new heart. We receive a new life. In Jesus' name, we pray. pray for every child here. And I thank you for your healing for our lives, from all the things we've done that have made us people that run away from love run away from God. Thank you. We're coming closer and closer to you. In Jesus' name. We pray. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you are here and want to give your heart to God, I came to preach to you this evening and also to give you an opportunity to take Jesus as your Savior. Pastor, pray with me. I want Jesus to change me. To save my life. Today, 
You see my hand stretched out like this. It's God stretching out his hand to you and saying, come to me. Come. I will heal you and I will change your life forever. If you are here, you want to give your heart to God. I want to give you this opportunity this evening. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Wherever you are, you want God to change your life. You want to be changed by the power of God. You want to be saved. Pastor, pray with me. Help me to know God. If you are here like that, lift up your hand right like this. Just lift up your right hand up high like this. God bless you. God bless you. See, I see so many hands. Pastor, help me. You know, because God sent me to speak to you. Not to condemn you, but for you to be saved. God bless you. I see your hand lifted up high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Lift it up high. Pastor, pray with me. Tonight, I want Jesus to change me and change my life. Then your hand must be up. If you've lifted your hand, I want you to do one more thing. Come come from where you are standing to me. Come to me here. Come with your hand up. Just walk to me in front here. God bless you. Come all the way. Come to Jesus. person and 
maybe you are the one for reason for which we even had this church service tonight. God bless you. Come all the way to the front. God bless you. God bless you, my dear. God bless you.
blessed assurance that what? That Jesus is mine. Amen. Say Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Oh, as of salvation. And, and that means that you have inherited salvation. Wow. Heir of salvation, purchased of God. God has purchased me. Are you glad that God has purchased you and the devil cannot have you anymore from tonight? Purchase of God. Born of his spirit. That means you are born again and you are what? Washed in his blood. All your sins are washed away. Lift your hand and say, I am washed. I am washed in his blood. Let's sing it again. Blessed assurance. about and use you and destroy you but Jesus loves you to the point that he has he has purchased you with his blood wow so tonight you are blessed everybody lift your hand say I am blessed tonight I'm purchased of God I'm washed in his blood born of his spirit in the name of Jesus Christ amen now this is your church. God bless you. Every Saturday we are here in the evening. Also we are here on Sunday, but Saturday church is very easy for most of us. So God bless you and I want to give you one of, let me show them the book I'm giving them as a present. There's a special book that I have. It's called How to be Born Again and Avoid Hell. Do you want to avoid hell? Do you want to avoid hell? Do you want to have, what's your name? You. Yeah, you. Albert, do you want to avoid hell? Yes. I wrote this book for you. Amen. 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 God is changing your life. Don't, don't follow the devil. Follow Jesus. Amen. Don't follow the enemy. Follow Jesus. God is changing your life. Take this book. Take it. All right. God bless you. Go this way with our pastor. The pastor has got a signboard here. 
this is our pastor, she's got a signboard. Follow me. Oh, put your hands together for Jesus. Wow. Take your holy communion. This is my song. www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.